Hello and welcome to the Compatible You podcast where we speak weekly about all things women's health in an attempt to break the stigma of what makes us us. So this podcast is a little exciting for a couple reasons. The first being that today is a very first Compatible You podcast for 2022. There are a lot of exciting topics that um, I'm going to be discussing and exploring this year. And the fact that I'm able to talk about women's health topics that are pretty much usually clouded with shame is super exciting and I can't wait. But the second reason that this is a pretty exciting podcast is the fact that today I have my very first guest joining me. So in my bid to spread awareness about the many different women's health areas that go pretty much hand in hand with shame or stigma, I'm excited to speak to individuals who are experts in different specific areas. And so without further ado, I'd love to welcome my guest for today's episode. So today I'm super grateful to have Hannah Milstead here. Hannah is a registered nurse who has completed some further study to become an international board certified lactation consultant or IBCLC for short. And when I first saw, Hannah, that you started Milky Chance Breastfeeding, I was so excited for you, but also for the women in the Limestone Coast area for many reasons. But for now, I'd love to hand it over to you, Hannah, if you would just like to introduce yourself, how you got into the journey, um, where you're currently at with your life, and just give us a little um, heads up about what an IBCLC does for those listeners who might not know about this area. Okay, thanks, Emma. That was so lovely. Such a nice introduction. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I am Hannah. I'm a registered nurse. Um, my passion um, was always um, emergency nursing. Um, and then last year I had my daughter um, in September. And oh, so she's almost oh, well, crazy that she's over a no. year insane yeah yeah so no, no now I'm saying not last year the year before so oh 2020 God. I had my daughter yeah it's yeah. crazy oh, time flies um yeah and I really um found some struggles especially being um a, a in a regional area um a lack of resources and things like that um but also found a newfound like sort of passion for um breastfeeding um and wanted to, um, you know, um, offer um, that service to um, the southeast where I live um, so that I, yeah, other women weren't disadvantaged like um, I felt um, when I was um, having issues. Um, so, yeah, so I, I um, went on and had a look um, of what I can. Um, I found um, the International Board of Lactation Consultant Examiners um, and found that they do um, international certification for lactation consultants. Um, and yeah, so a bit different from just, so from my research, apparently um, anybody can call themselves a lactation consultant. There isn't any formal training, mm -hmm. um, but to have a um, certification through the International Board of Lactation Consultant Examiners is, um, yeah, basically a, um, a accreditation, really. So, um, yeah. That's so cool. So, um, what exactly is the role of an uh, um, IBCLC? I keep getting that confused. It's a bit of a word. Yeah. Yeah, so what, like, that? Like what kind of, I guess, what training did you have to do and what, I guess, does that allow you to do as well? 
Yeah, so um, it's the highest accredited, um, it's a highest accredited health professional um, who specialises in lactation. Um, so they basically other breastfeeding experts um, so they can assist with um, things such as um, helping with positioning and attachment, um, pain, um, infections, um, low supply, weight gain, um, can develop feeding schedules for babies who are born premature or with special needs such as a cleft palate um, or other um, uh, disabilities um and they are also responsible for um providing breastfeeding education and support as well as um legislations and um um they work with the world health organization um yeah so they're quite um they're, they're the breastfeeding experts basically um it's quite a vigorous process and it's um, I, I think this is the reason why there aren't so many of them, um, especially in Australia. Um, there's um, three different pathways you can take, only two of which are available in Australia. Oh, wow. Um, and they, um, you have to be an accredited health professional or have a health background um, to be able to become a lactation consultant so for some they may that may mean having to go to university and doing some health science subjects mm-hmm. um but basically um it's anywhere from um 500 to a thousand hours of clinical experience wow. um and cool. as well yeah a lot and so that's um hour for hour that's not just oh I could count that whole um that whole day as um a breastfeeding day no that's that's <laughs> hour for hour Oh, wow. um, it's it to also specific to that role. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, quite um, hard to get your hours up and you have to get those hours up in five years um, to be able to sit um, an exam. Um, and the exam's got quite a high pass rate. It changes every year. Um, but I think um, last year it must have been, it might have been, I think, high 80s um, to pass. Um, as well as that, you've got to do some lactation-specific education um, and maintain recertification every five years. So resitting an exam every and resitting the exam every ten. So to make sure that you're the most up to date that you can be. Um, and I've I'm actually with Pathway Three, so I work with a mentor. So I work with one of the local midwives who has just um, gone out on her own. On as a private lactation consultant, um, her name's Jo Vine um, from Jojo Vine Breastfeeding Specialist. Um, and she, yeah, she's my mentor. So she works closely with me. Um, and I, yeah, we discuss all cases with her and my hours are, um, my consults are supervised um, by her either uh, directly or indirectly. That's so cool. I think it's so important, like as like tedious and like hard work as it sounds like what you've gone through. I think, yeah, it's so important, I guess, to have that real knowledge. And it's not like you're just making some like stuff up and say, oh, yeah, we think this can work. Like it sounds like it's really like rigorous and yeah, up to date, which sounds incredible, which I think, yeah, a lot of women need, especially um, like the country areas. Like when you first spoke about this, about the lack of resources in those country areas. So, yeah, I think that's really incredible. And have you found, I guess, in those country areas that there is that need for that? Like um, 
is it like something that we need more of and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. So um, when I had my daughter um, in 2020, which sounds crazy two years ago, <laughs> nearly two years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's insane. How is that 2022 already? That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so um, there was... So I had so much conflicting advice. Um, so um, from um, the um, lovely midwives at the hospital to my family and friends to the um, cast nurses, everyone kept telling me a different thing. I had a lot of nipple pain. Um, my daughter wasn't gaining weight, um, but I really wanted to breastfeed. Um, and um, I just, yeah, didn't have that... Um, didn't have that one-to-one support that same continuality of care um I ended up having to um travel over 500 kilometers um to our nearest capital city to um to receive that um uh specialized breastfeeding care little lactation care um yeah so I thought oh wouldn't it be fabulous if we had um a service like that in the southeast um where so women women wouldn't have to travel um and and even yeah having a um social media pages to promote um best practice um so that women they might not want to see me but they can think oh oh well that debunks that myth and yeah yeah really my my main goal is yeah empowering women to be able to breastfeed Um, oh I love that yeah 100% and I think yeah it is so important I guess these days social media like anyone can kind of post anything so people are getting fed this probably like misinformation so you being able to put that information out there is incredible especially yeah for those women who might not have those services readily available and yeah because I think some people I guess if you have lived in the city your whole life they don't really appreciate like the distance how far away it is and especially like if you're you know, stressed already because you're having struggles with breastfeeding. You've got to travel with your young child. Like it's, yeah, it's just a whole nother yeah. game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Especially in COVID times. You know, oh, we don't want to leave our little yeah. bubble of. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Your little safety, your little COVID free kind of zone. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, there are different ways we can go down this. I feel like every time you say something, it's like, oh, I want to talk about that. So we'll just kind of go (laughs) from there. But I guess what are, like for um, people listening, what do clients typically come to you with um, or others in this industry? Like what are the real specific struggles they're going through with breastfeeding? Yeah, so, well, there's quite a few, but I'll start off with, um, so nipple pain. Um, So 96% um, of Australian women want to breastfeed, um, but by three months, only um, 39% of women are able to exclusively do so. Um, And that's because um, there's been some research into this area um, and 96% um, of breastfeeding mothers um, said nipple pain was the most common reason for breastfeeding cessation. Oh my goodness. Um, Yes. Um, So there can be um, a number of things um, for the cause of um, nipple pain, um, but um, evidence has found the most um, prominent one is um, sub up suboptimal um, positioning and attachment um, so positioning and attachment is how you hold the baby um, and how they um, latch onto the breast um, and 
having that suboptimal um, fit and hold um, results in difficulty um, in getting baby to latch and stay on the breast. Um, it causes unsettled infant behaviours, um, long, long feeds, so feeds of up to an hour, oh and then another hour goes by and you've got to put them back on for another hour. Um, it also um, is the cause of excessive or frequent feeds. Um, so if you feel like all you're doing is feeding, um, that could be a reason. Um, night wakenings. Um, fussiness, excessive crying, poor weight gain um, and low supply. Um, so, um, yeah, all of this um, sort of comes into um, suboptimal, suboptimal positioning and attachment um, and nipple pain. Um, and um, what we're seeing um, frequently is this is being inappropriately medicalised um, by health professionals um, who um, don't have a lot of lactation um, training. Um, so um, uh, well-meaning GPs, um, our paediatricians um, who are fabulous but don't have um, a lot of experience in lactation or they have some outdated evidence um, for lactation. Um, so these um, behaviours or, um, you know, um, uh, I can't really think, you know, these sort of behaviours are being um, uh, misattributed to um, things like gastroesophageal reflux disease, um, allergies, um, and most recently um, lip and tongue ties or um, oral connective tissue restrictions. Um, so it's resulting in a lot of like um, medicalised, inappropriate medicalised treatments um, that can be um, avoided with um, specialist lactation support. That's crazy. Like, you think of, yeah, all these things that are happening and it's like, I guess, really when you learn, I guess, like the way to help latch properly and the positioning, like how quickly, I guess that could help those problems out. And I guess like all new mums don't want to be like subjecting their child to unnecessary medical stuff. So the fact that, yeah, you're able to get this information out, is just so vital and it's so important. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, um, a lot of women find that these pr problems um, are common causes of um, distress and anxiety because, um, you know, there's this um, saying and it's, and it's um, really silly, but um, they say breast is best. Um, and, and that puts a lot of um, unnecessary pressure on women. Um, breast milk might um, be um, best for the baby, but being informed and being supported um, is best for um, mum and baby. Um, Love that, yeah. You know, um, yeah, so saying, oh, breast is best, but they're not giving any information and not giving any support to this mother. It's just, it, it's a failure waiting to happen, really. Um, yeah. yeah, women need... Um, the, the most up-to-date information they need support um, to be able to breastfeed. Yeah, definitely. Can't. Yeah. I love, yeah, that you've said that, like, yes, some, like that, that's a saying, but it's not like always a case in just being informed. Cause I think, yeah, I think like there are many times in a woman's life where people always seem to just put their opinion on you, no matter what, mm -hmm. you haven't asked, yeah. but they're like, Oh, why aren't you breastfeeding? Why aren't you doing this? Why isn't that? But you're just throwing these things at these women, but not actually, I guess, informing them and guiding them. So 
yeah, it's just that unnecessary stress. It's crazy. Like mums yeah. are stressed already. Like why are we putting more stress onto them? Yeah, and there's so many misconceptions um, about breastfeeding, um, like such as, oh, the baby's not getting enough from you, your milk's not fatty enough. Um, yeah. uh, if you give them a bottle of formula before they go to the be- go to bed, they'll fill up their tummy, they'll sleep all night. Um, you know, um, these are all outdated um, advice and it's been found that they're completely untrue. Your breast milk is designed for your baby. Um, something really interesting is in the hot weather, um, your breast milk changes to more of a watery um, substance um, for babe. In the evenings or in the cooler weather, your breast milk um, changes to more a milky, creamier um, feed um, so that, you know, baby can um, get the nutrients and the fat from it to keep warm and also um, to keep their tummies full for a bit longer overnight. So it, oh it's gosh. just fascinating. Yeah, um, what, I've never heard um, That's you know. insane. Yeah, so it's crazy to think like, you know, that we're, that we're trying to um, push breastfeeding away when um, really it's, it's just, it's amazing. So it's, it's more than just offering food for a baby. So Yeah, definitely. And I guess is there um, a lot of, you know, research to say like the mother and the baby feel more attached when there's breastfeeding? Like not saying that one's better than the other, um, but like is there, yeah, research about there being other benefits rather than I guess just like the physical milk? Yeah, yeah, so totally. Um, baby, breastfed babies um, will ask, well, um, people say demand, but I don't like to say demand. Um, they'll, they'll queue for a feed um, and, and that can be for a number of reasons, for comfort, for warmth, um, for closeness, um, if they're feeling unwell. Um, it's um, crazy how instinctively um, our milk create um, can create um you know um exactly what baby want what baby needs um even during sickness um, so um the baby's saliva on um um, getting onto the nipple and entering um the mother through that way um the mother's then able to build antibodies so for the next feed there's antibodies they're available for baby um to fight off their illness or their germs um it's really fascinating what our bodies can do yeah 100% I'll always say like well our bodies are incredible but like what a woman's body can do is absolutely insane like it's yeah Yeah. beautiful (laughs) yeah so are there any other I guess misconceptions um that people you know are probably going to hear regularly that like you're looking to debunk or help people understand better yeah, oh, I don't know, where do I even start? But, yeah, I was um, going to say, we can go on a huge tangent. Yeah, most importantly, um, people um, telling you, oh, the latch looks great, but you've got um, nipple pain or, you know, your nipples have come out misshaped or um, baby's not gaining weight um, as they should do. Um, but yet you've got all these people saying, well, the latch looks fine, so I don't know what you're worried about. Um, no, if, you, if you're experiencing pain or... Um, symptoms of that baby isn't getting enough then then you really need to, um, to come um, and see um, someone for support um, to um, work out what the cause um, of having such a painful latch is um, so 
Um, although it is very common, um, breastfeeding pain should not, or nipple pain shouldn't, uh, breastfeeding should not be painful, um, despite it being so common. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's really important because I think like a lot of the time, you know, people kind of just, you know, push through stuff or be like, nah, whatever. Like, I just have to get through this. Like it's meant to be painful. Or I guess like sometimes women might not want to talk up about pain because they're thought of as being as, you know, weak or like, they're not, you know, your mum like toughen up, you have to be stronger than this. So I think that's, yeah, that's a really important topic you brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing um, is um, a lot of, I hear a lot of women or my friends even say, oh, I couldn't breastfeed. Um, I just didn't have enough milk for my baby Um, or I just couldn't keep up with their feeds. Um, So um, perceived low milk supply is another one. Um, So um, women think that um, increasing, babies increasing feeds or must or excessive night makings or night wake, waking up in the night um, is a sign that you don't have a good supply. Um, they might, but often I hear that, oh, no, we were we were scheduling feeds, so they were getting fed every four hours or, um, or you know, my boobs didn't feel full anymore. Um, so, no, they're all complete um, misconceptions. And, um, yeah, with the right support, um, I'm sure, um, more than half of them could have got through um, this perceived low milk supply and and been able to successfully feed. But again, um, well-meaning health professionals or friends and family um, have given out the wrong advice and, um, yeah, it's um, caused early cessation of breastfeeding. And it's hard, isn't it, because I guess... Um, generally speaking, people would go to their GP or something and if they're not getting that information, mm. yeah, it's hard. Like, So it's, I think it's incredible that especially in those country areas now we're seeing more of those people like step up into those roles to be able to help them because, yeah, if you can't get your advice from them, yeah, like who would you go to? So, yeah, I'm really yeah. excited that you were able to jump on here and talk about this topic. Yeah, thank you. That's all right. Um. I just I like I love your Instagram page and what you're posting and there was a post you put up about biological nurturing um I I didn't actually know what biological nurturing was before I saw that so would you be able to talk about that um a little bit to the listeners yes so um biological nursing nurturing is not a new term um you might have heard it um before called baby led attachment um or um there's a few other things um, people call it, but basically um, it's it, it's getting mother and babe in a position that facilitates um, breastfeeding reflexes. So babies are born with reflexes um, to um, actually um, breastfeed. So have you ever heard of the breast crawl? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so um, that's where... Um, within the first hour that a baby's born, um, they're thrown onto the mother's tummy and the baby's able to to, um, use their little reflexes to get up onto the nipple and latch on, um, which is like crazy. Like they're literally like an hour old. Um, But yeah, so what um, we've seen in Western cultures is that um, women have um, been taught to shape or hold the breast or hold baby in a, in a, in a not a natural position to get them to breastfeed um 
but biological nurturing um, is about getting back to basics, skin to skin. So having mum topless, baby topless or nude. Um, and basically it's um, the baby will instinctively work out how to reach the nipple, latch on and then suckle. Um, and the mum um, who has might not have any breastfeeding experience um, and has absolutely no idea what to do, she's able to um, activate those neonatal reflexes through just instinctive behaviours. So it's it's literally just instinct. Um, so, you know, you might, mum might, you know, do a little niggle to try and help baby get up to the nipple. Um, so it's, it's just, it's really... Um, crazy to think like you know we we try all these um uh, not artificial but you know like trying all these artificial positions and things like that when really we just need to go back to basics um 100 so um a recent study in italy found um that on discharge from the maternity ward biological nurturing um significantly reduced the risk of breastfeeding problems including nipple pain um fussy behaviors um things like that so just and and facilitating um exclusive um breastfeeding um in that first six months so yeah just just crazy that we're not you know promoting this so more and I think yeah I had no idea about it until um yeah with all my breastfeeding problems had no idea about it until I decided to study this um topic myself so I was gonna say that's insane because yeah like um because my area of like expertise is um like the fitness area and you see it as well where, you know, people are given all this complicated information, do this, do that. And it's like, yeah. we just need to nail the basics. Like, let's get back to eating, you know, a balanced diet and moving, you know, safely and happily. So yeah, for yeah. your area of expertise as well is let's work on the basics. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's a, uh, yeah, it's a new term. I think a lot of people are probably going to um, either resonate with or just learn and I think yeah that's going to definitely help a lot of people which is good yeah it's important to add too though that um you know biological nursing nurturing isn't um it needs to be in combination with good support um and and that can be from family and friends or it can be from um your own international board certified lactation consultant um yeah it really it's really a combined um a combined um effort so yeah yeah. and I guess um with women kind of they might you know be feeling a bit of shame to reach out for help because you know they feel like a failure even though you know it's not them as a failure I guess what's your advice um to reaching out to get help for this um trust your own um instincts um I knew that there was something um you know not right with what was going on um why I couldn't feed my daughter um well why I was having so much trouble feeding my daughter um everybody just kept telling me oh throw her on the bottle she'll be fine um and 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 there's no shame in being on the bottle like uh on 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 formula or a bottle um it's just I was really determined um to breastfeed and and I wanted to work out why I'm not somebody that just gives up because it um it's too hard I I, there was a reason and yeah we I'm still feeding 16 months later so incredible that's really good and I guess I think that's going to be super motivating for people 
who are listening to this as well to know that yeah like you're not alone this is a struggle yeah trust your instincts yeah definitely and yeah I think we often too often than not we kind of just good at like shutting down our feelings and our struggles Mm -hmm. so the more we talk about it the more other people understand that other people are going through this the better off I think we're all going to be yeah well 96% of women so that are going through yeah yeah incredible statistic like oh my god like I didn't yeah I personally didn't know that it was that high and I don't yeah think listeners are going to realize it was that high either yeah crazy so do you have any tips for new mums or um mums to be perhaps about this area or where they can reach out for help yeah sure so um one of my biggest thing is um you, you don't need to buy anything um, so you don't need to buy pumps or build um, a milk stash or anything. Like in most cases, um, you don't need to go out and do that before your baby's born. Um, I still haven't used a pump um, 16 months later. Um, you don't need devices that, such as milk catchers or um, collectors. Um, you don't need uh, a breastfeeding pillow even. Um, and there's so many things that you know um social media um and and um are bad for for saying oh you need pushing these things and then women um feel like oh well I'll buy all these things and then oh my breastfeeding journey didn't work out here I'm selling um all all my stuff um what you really need you need support um from your family, um, your partner, your friends, um, you need to tell them that what your wishes are. Be honest with them. Yes, I do want to breastfeed and I don't want you telling me um, that it's not important. Um, I want you to, you know, tell them what support you want from them um, beforehand. Um, also important to get a supportive and comfortable nursing bra. Oh, um, yeah. Um, uh, getting finding a comfortable spot in the house so um, some women like to get um, a nursing chair or a rocking chair um, or the recliner on the couch was perfect for me yeah. um, someone who is able to deliver you endless supply of snacks and water um, because you get very thirsty breastfeeding um, and lower your expectations you you've literally just given birth you don't need to have the house spotless you don't need to make everyone a coffee when they come over. Um, you know, delegate tasks um, or order takeaway or have freezer meals. Like, really, you've given birth. Like, people do not expect you to be your normal self. Oh, um, I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've put so much, so much pressure on ourselves to be this perfect image um um, which social media again is so bad for um we we don't need we really don't need we need to lower our expectations of ourselves we're literally nurturing a little human yeah yeah you've literally just literally like created life you've like gone on this your body's changed like yeah let's give ourselves a break and I think that's really um like a really awesome point that you highlighted about talking about your needs and whatnot because yeah like we said before a lot of people put their own opinions their own experiences onto you so I guess it's a reminder for listeners who might know someone who's pregnant or a new mum and it's like just cut them some slack like I get you might want to get your journey but 
you know, let the other person lead that, I think, because, yeah, you, like you might um, might be meaning well, well intended, but yeah. at the end of the day is how they take it, not what your intention was. So, yeah, that's a really good okay. point. Yeah. Cool. So just to finish, um, where can listeners find more info about you and your services, if you wouldn't mind? Um, yeah, so I'm on um, Facebook and Instagram under Milky Chance Breastfeeding, I think it is, because I don't think I can add the support. I think it's too long. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Milky Milky Chance Breastfeeding. Um, I don't have a website or anything yet, so um, you can contact me through um, private message or direct message. Um, alternatively, I've got my mobile number on there and I'm happy to answer um, calls anytime. Um, I know myself, I desperately called my um lactation consultant at I think like eight o'clock at night <laughs> um for some help um Beautiful. That's yeah so I, I'm happy to be there um alternatively um the Australian Breastfeeding Association um offers um free um advice over the phone um I think that number is 1800 mum to mum um and they've got a lot of um a lot of free info on their website um as well um and yeah um um you can um people are able to um inbox me ask me some questions I'm happy to answer or alternatively book a book a consult uh yeah just really wanting to empower women (laughs) yeah and you're you're doing an incredible job at it and I'm so glad we were able to talk about this because yeah like we said the more we talk about these things the more we get it out that people aren't alone and shame doesn't really do too well when it's by itself so when we talk we bring awareness to it totally beautiful so yeah thank you so much for coming on today and talking about this area of pre and postnatal health again you know such an important topic that we need to speak about to help reduce the many different areas of shame around this topic so yeah i'll add um hannah's details into the description below but yeah thanks again for jumping on board hannah no thank you thank you for inviting me oh good all right see you later bye